This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. So good to see you. Now and again, I receive an email from one of our listeners, just like you. And recently I had one from Erin Wiseman. Let me tell you what she said. Hi, Steve. I've been listening to Alpaca Tribe since starting to roll the idea around of having alpacas since the beginning of the year. Just wanted to tell you thanks for sharing and giving me the courage to go for it. We picked up our three boys yesterday from central Tennessee, got them settled in last night here on our farm, and already enjoyed them this morning. Thanks again for the virtual mentorship. Erin Wiseman from the Cornfields in Indiana, USA. Isn't that amazing? So I contacted Erin to find out more, because I thought you'd like to hear more of her story. And here she is. Erin, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's uh, very bright and early for you. <laughs> you had to get up early to, to make the call, and I so appreciate that. How are you doing? I'm doing well this morning. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and be on one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, wow. Hey, tell me, I'm curious. How did you find the podcast? Just searching, to be perfectly honest. I I oh. am a podcaster myself, and so I love the genre and um, just looked it up and just loved it and kept listening from it. There it was. Yeah. Let me tell people who are listening who you are. So it's Erin Wiseman and you are in the US and you're in Indiana. And that is a mystery to me. <laughs> no, no, it's not really. It's I, I'm gradually working my way around all the different states and trying to put them into my mental map of what the US looks like. And I keep getting surprised. How how can that be so close to Canada? How can, what's that doing over there? And I, so tell us, tell us roughly where you are. I'm in Southern Indiana. So we are about 45 minutes from Illinois and about also 45 minutes from Kentucky. So we call it the tri-state areas where we're located. Ah, that's the tri-state. Well, there you go. There you go. It all, all fits. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go and look it up on the map later as well. So, uh, so good to have you here. Now, tell me, when did you meet your first alpaca and how did it make you feel? It was actually at a petting zoo as a small kid. And I can remember the moment that it finally ate out of our hands. It was kind of skittish uh, at the time. Yeah. And ever since then, it's been one of those in- interesting animals that I've always gone back to. And how we recently have joined the alpaca tribe is I had kept a magazine article. I think it was from 2019. It was about agro-tourism here in the state of Indiana. And it was specifically about alpaca fiber and what um, farmers are doing in Indiana. And I had just kind of kept it in my desk. And every so often I'd get it out and look at it and, you know, have small dreams and that sort of thing. But it wasn't until this year when we had the opportunity to buy the farmhouse on Wiseman Farms that that pipe dream actually seemed to maybe be a reality. We were going to have a lot more ground, a lot more space, barn. And I remember going to my husband and saying, you know, I know we've talked about livestock, but have you ever thought about alpacas? 
our kids were really hesitant about moving. The The home that we moved from is what they've always known. And I said, well, you know, we're moving to the farm. So if you could have any animal, what would you have? And my middle son, my eight-year-old, he had honestly just been to a petting zoo as well. And he said, mom, I think we need to get an alpaca. Wonderful. <laughs> that is so, so lovely. Yeah. So that's really interesting. I think everybody has a slightly different journey. So you had experience with animals before or lived on a farm? Yeah, I grew up. Um, we were actually um, free range poultry farmers before it was mm. cool <laughs> back in the 90s. <laughs> wow. um, and then my husband grew up um, in livestock as well. They particularly did um, pork. So it's one of those things we did 4-H um, here in the U.S. And we knew it was something that we wanted for our children as well, but our previous home just didn't have the space for it. And so moving, like I said, has been really kind of the linchpin for us in deciding on, you know, what are we going to get and and starting that journey, like I said, making it go from a dream to a reality. Yeah, that is a challenge to know at what point. So. So when was it for you? When, when did you know you were going to have alpacas? I think it was when I started doing Google research and realized the availability of animals around us wasn't as difficult as what I thought it was going to be. Um, I had a little bit of sticker shock. I won't lie at first. Um, I'm used to like a five or ten dollar chicken. Um, and when I was seeing, you know, certain alpacas going for five thousand, ten thousand US dollars, I was like, I don't know that we can do this. But I happened upon um a website, uh, petfinder.com is a, a national website here in the US where you can mm. rescue and adopt animals. Um, and they had three alpaca in Tennessee, which is about three to four hours away from us. And that was when I knew um, all of our animals to date have always been rescues. Mm. And I thought, okay, this is, this is what I want right here. <laughs> Wonderful. In terms of approaching that, you 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 would you were saying you were doing Google searches and things. You were starting to to gather information. You were kind of leaning in that direction, anyway. And then it came to to be the point of we can do this. And and here are three. It could be these three. What was what was that journey like? The the kind of the finding the information and doing the research. Well, I li had listened to the podcast. I went back and um, did did listen to several of your old episodes. I reached out to our local ag university here in Indiana, which is Purdue University. They have a veterinary school um, mm. and talked to one of the faculty there as far as, you know, is it realistic? Really, how difficult is this going to be? And they recommended that I get um, a textbook, actually, that they have their students study. Um, so I bought that. And just this, the nerd that I am just started reading through that, taking notes as if I was going through a college course. Um, and then I also went and found some local apacas. Uh, and visited their farm just to check out and see the layout. Um, I knew I wanted to have some mentorship. I'm super type A. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do all the things. And so we went and visited three different farms, um, asked questions about, you know, what are going to be local issues for us here in Indiana versus, you know, different places around the world and in the country. And um, the first farm we went to, 
after walking away from that visit, I told my husband, we can't do this. Like, this is going to be too difficult. Um, uh, and I think it was just a personality mismatch with those owners. Um, but then after we visited another farm, um, the best advice that I got, um, his name's Mike, and he is our mentor now, um, was let the animals teach you. Um, mm. And he reminded me, you have kept three children alive. You will be fine <laughs> without PACA. Let the animals yeah. teach you. And so that was after having conversation with him and him agreeing to mentor us. I think that's when it really settled in like, okay, we're going to be fine. Yeah. Oh, I, I just love some of those things that you said. I, I oh, Which one to pull, pull – which thread to pull first? Um, tell me about the textbook. What was the book that you were you were reading? Uh, Dr. Evans. I, okay. I'll have to Google it and you can put it in the show notes later. Yeah, we'll do um, that. That's fine. But it's it's been excellent to go through and read. Of course, it it is pretty extensive. And I think yeah. that may have been a downfall at first that I sure. um, got too into it. Um, I actually practice medicine here in the U.S. So it's one of those things when it comes to procedures, drug doses, immunizations mm-hmm. – doesn't bother me whatsoever. Sure. But um, I think really where I got hung up was like, oh my God, what kind of grass do we plant? Oh my God. <laughs> can I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, can I, can I do this other stuff? I have our microscope at the office. So I was like, okay, I think I can definitely do, um, you know, looking at their stool and, and checking that sort of thing. But yeah. um, I think I kind of let my anxiety go a little bit too much in this. Um, and again, like going back to Mike's advice of like, no, just just watch them. Um, you'll learn their normals. You'll learn their abnormals, and um, just enjoy them, Aaron. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, I think actually going and visiting farms is so helpful because it it does earth things and and brings a good perspective. And I think doing more than one it just gives you that that alternative views. Um, is there a right answer? Well, kind of, not always. <laughs> Sometimes it's your right answer, and, and certainly the animals, what's normal for them generally, but also what's normal for that particular animal or group of animals, uh, is something that you you can have an idea of when you first start, but you grow with them, and they do teach you, that's for, that's for sure. And I think that was a really good question to ask, what are the local issues? What's, okay, there, there are all these things, theoretically, but what is it locally that I need to particularly take note of and and the kind of things that we've got that might be poisonous plants you may not have them um where where you are but you can have other things as well things things that uh, are around you just need to to take into account so yeah oh great great process you did you did you did a, a great journey uh and you've only just started of course so how did how did the alpacas arrive oh well tell us about no let's start with tell us about the alpacas what have you got and do you know I was thinking that maybe we needed to stop there because we haven't got as much time to get all of it in. But I thought that was probably a bit unfair because you do want to know about the names and a bit more about them. So there's a little bit more to come, but the rest of the story will finish next time. So we have three boys. Um, We have a black Surrey. His name is Nova. He's right about 18 months old. Um, he's probably the most, um, 
uh, human interactive one. He's he's more likely oh, okay. to come up and and um, check things out. And then we have a white Surrey named Ray. He is a little over two years old. And then we have a um, tan. I'm going to butcher the name because I'm still new at this. <laughs> uh, Wakaya. And his name is Orbit, and we call him Orbit the Ornery. He is the defender <laughs> of the group, um, and he will let you know it as well. Yeah, there's always one. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a lovely little little collection, and, and they're different colors as well. I think it's – you've got to look at the animals and, and know that you can live with them. You know that it, that they're pleasing to be around in terms of the way they look and the the, the different characteristics, and and then you get to know them, um, and they are what they are, and uh, it's uh, going to be fascinating, fascinating journey. So how did, how did they arrive? You you went and collected them. We went and picked them up. So um, again, getting on the internet, I found a small two horse trailer on Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> and so we oh. drove and picked it up. Um, it needed quite a bit of work. And so the week before we were supposed to get them, um, we really worked hard on, on getting it road wet ready. Um, but after we had that, we contacted um, – their names are Brian and April with um, Fabled Rescue Farms down in Tennessee. And we had I had already had conversations with them a couple different times about adopting the pet alpacas. Um, and they told me up front they were going to be very – um, selective about who they were going to give the alpacas to. Um, be- mm. And and again, that led into my worries, like, oh my God, what am I getting myself into? But I think just because <laughs> they had such a close connection with them, um, Nova, the our little black guy, he was actually born at their rescue. Um, uh, right, his, yeah. um, his mom and two other alpacas were um, – released to the rescue by an older couple who couldn't care for them anymore. Um, They knew Mm. that she was pregnant. There was two females. Both of them were pregnant, but they didn't know how far along that they were. And um, they thought they had more time. And then one morning um, they had went out and (laughs) there was Nova. But Nova had a rough start at first um, coming Uh. from a mom that I think was uh, probably undernourished. Um, so they they had spent a lot of nights with him, you know, really nursing him through and and making sure that he was going to survive. The the other Kriya that was born actually didn't survive. And um, mm. uh, the mothers uh, were too really too old to be breeding. And so they didn't do well either. Um, and so after they knew Nova was out of the woods, um, they actually put a call out to the alpaca community in the Midwest and said, hey, we we need two young boy alpacas because we have yeah. this little baby who doesn't have family anymore. And so Orbit and Ray actually came from northern Illinois um, to come join Nova down in Tennessee. So they've had a journey together and um, – and, and so Brian and April really wanted to, of course, keep them together and make sure that they went to a yeah. family who kind of understood their background. And so, again, we'd had a conversation. Um, uh, I had told them it probably wouldn't be closer till August, September, maybe in October um, with us moving and then getting new fence up and, you know, all that that sort of thing. Um, but they called me about two weeks ago and said, hey, we've had a lot of people interested. We're not really finding anybody that we think is as well equipped as you. We'd really like you to adopt them. Are you still willing to do that? Mm-hmm. And so that's when we started making the plans. And I had looked at a lot of different animals, actually just purchasing um, from some different farms. Um 
but again, like I said, I think my heart was into the rescue and and to start our tribe this way. Yeah. And so um, so we loaded up uh, just this past Sunday, drove down to Tennessee. We had a little bit of trailer problems. I'm, I'm sorry. Can I just stop you? You said when? This, this last Sunday? Yeah, like five days so, ago. Oh, this is brand new. Yeah. Wow. It's like so exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah. It's so exciting. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So, so you loaded up, loaded up, loaded them up on the trailer? We, once we finally, we had problems <laughs> with the, um, the trailer. The brakes would come on when the, night headlights were on and so actually in <laughs> in a hotel parking lot we were um cutting lines um electrical lines to the brakes to get it going it ended up being fine we will have to rewire the trailer at some point but it's okay luckily um alpacas don't weigh too much and you don't really need those those trailer brakes um mm. and then we picked them up monday morning and made the drive home so yeah right at five, we've had mm. them since monday so it's friday today so right about five days and we really have run out of time this time so come back for more next episode. We'll continue and finish the story of Erin and the new alpacas. Thanks for being here. Hope to see you again soon. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.